0: We are back at it. Welcome back to the first edition of 2019 of the Pistols Firing podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. Happy New Year, Kyle. Happy New Year to you too. I'm
1: freezing in the shed. I've got gloves on while we're while we're taping this. I'm soft, um, but it's cold here. And uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about about 2019. Uh, excited about the. I'm excited about our site for 2019 for for this podcast and. We got some fun things planned. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an awesome year. So I'm I'm pretty fired up, especially after uh, going to Memphis and going to that bowl game.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that. Uh, are you wearing two gloves like Phil Mickelson? By the way, yes, and two black gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. just making sure. I got I got a pair of those for uh, for Christmas. I got two a pair of those cold weather golf gloves. So I'm gonna be yeah. doing my best Phil impression as well. <laughs> Uh, so you spent the new year in Memphis and you got to see a absolutely crazy football game. Um, you traveled for, to the uh, Liberty bowl, Oklahoma state, obviously beat Missouri and they won with a defensive stop. I guess. Uh, did you write your 10 thoughts on the game yet? I haven't, I haven't been on the site. Yeah, no, I, I
1: stayed up, uh, yeah, I, I almost, I think I, I, I was maybe the last person to leave the press box in Memphis, which was terrifying. Cause it was almost midnight and a part of Memphis that was not the, greatest part of memphis but um no it was it was fun man it was uh i don't i didn't know what to expect going there and you know it's the liberty bowl like i'm not gonna lose nobody's gonna lose we're not pretending like it's the fiesta bowl here but the whole thing was just it was just a good experience the weather wasn't great but uh if it seemed by both teams were fired up to be there Fans on both sides seemed fired up to be there. And it was just a, you know, I guess it helps that Oklahoma State won and we had fun things to write about. But I, I thought the
0: overall experience was just a lot of fun. I'm looking at your uh, your 10 thoughts comment. The picture of Gundy with double thumbs up <laughs> it's is great. It's spectacular. It's, and, it's uh, so good. He it was, was cool. A- it was cool to see the, the post game celebration. Obviously, he gets doused in Orange Gatorade. He uh, gets up on the podium and, and says, "You know, how about them cowboys?" And, yeah. and blows kisses to the fans. That's kind of what I think he and this program needed, isn't it? I mean, that the season was such a slog. It was such a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, most people thought they were going to lose, myself included, to Missouri, and maybe even in blowout fashion. And they really, for the most part, took it to Missouri. It was a close game in the end, but man, they they really had a lot of success. And I thought I thought Gundy once again proved that. He really gets his teams playing well in bowl games.
1: Well, it, yeah, and you know it, it was it was interesting because I was thinking about this after the game. They haven't really had Oklahoma State hasn't gone into an off season, uh, maybe under Gundy ever, in which there was a lot of pessimism about the following year. Whether whether that's because of a uh, they just had a really good year. Or they had an okay year with a young group, like a young quarterback. Like, I think about 2015, uh, Mason Rudolph's a sophomore, and they go out, and even though they lost their last three games, there was still optimism going into the offseason, right? Because you're like, wow, Oklahoma State just went 10 and 3 with a sophomore quarterback. What are they going to do next year? And so this. Was more like twenty fourteen when they win the the Cactus Bowl over Washington, and then all of a sudden you're looking around, you're like, "Hey, there's a little momentum going into the off season." It, it, he always he, Gundy always finds a way to create, to to kind of escape whatever situation he's in and create momentum, create optimism for, uh, for the following year, and and that's sort of where we've arrived at right now.
0: Well, there's certainly some optimism. I, I still think with and we're gonna talk about Mike Yersich potentially leaving as well, but I do think this is probably the biggest question mark season they've had since since that twenty fourteen season, right? With with the way quarterbacks haven't played this year. I mean we all we all think Spencer Sanders is going to be good, but you know they're, they're potentially losing their offensive coordinator, new quarterback. The defense still stinks. I, I do think that this is probably one of the biggest question mark seasons coming up they've had in a long time. I mean, this year was certainly a question mark, too. But. Do you think
1: there was more optimism following that Cactus Bowl win over Washington or following this Liberty Bowl win
0: over Missouri? Oh, Cactus, for sure. I mean, you had Mason Rudolph look like a future All-Big 12 quarterback in that game as a true freshman and beat a beat a Washington team that had... For, two first round picks on it two two guys that are still playing the nfl so i think for sure i mean the combination with james washington as well uh i, I do think there's many reasons for optimism obviously with tylen wallace with chuba hubbard but again it, it, it's a quarterback driven league and yeah. uh, we all think spencer sanders is going going to be good but there's plenty of highly touted quarterbacks that, that haven't panned out in college football so we'll have to wait and see
1: yeah, I, I th- that's a great point, and and I think the lack and, and the the funny part, I guess I guess it's funny, is that they could have had that right if you if you just play Sanders, but whatever, we don't need to revisit that. But I I do think that like the unknown, this is this is what we see in the NBA draft, right? Is the unknown is is intoxicating, and so we can, I mean, Sanders can be whatever we want him to be right now, like it, and I and I think. I think because of that, because we haven't seen him, uh, that I think that engenders more optimism than if, say, even like if Cornelius was coming back. Like, w- Would you be more excited and optimistic about 2019 if Cornelius was coming back, or, or like you are right now with uh, with Sanders probably going to be the starter?
0: Well, Cornelius would we get to that 15-game that mark next year that Gundy uh, circled. <laughs> So maybe that would be a big reason for optimism. Um, but as as we saw in the Liberty Bowl, Kyle, I mean, two of the most mind-numbing interceptions you'll ever see from Cornelius. Like that game summed up Cornelius' career, right? He puts up huge numbers, looks yeah. looks like he's got a cannon at times, and then just makes two of the most boneheaded interceptions you'll ever see at the, at the Division I level. So I'm ready to see Spencer Sanders. Um, I did think it was funny when when Cornelius' helmet came off and Drew Brown ran out there and people were like, oh, my God, it's Drew Brown. He exists. And I said he should ignore whatever the play call was and go full, like, uh, Moxon and Varsity Blues and just call his own number and piss off Gundy, a.k.a. Bud Kilmer, and just throw it deep. Just say, Tylan, go route. I'm throwing it. And just What does he have to lose at that point? He's already been just stapled to the bench. (laughs) stapled to the bench Cundy's already like put super glue on his butt and stuck him to the bench
1: yeah I I don't know it it is uh, we're probably already talking too much about 2019 we should probably talk about the game a little bit more but I think that I think you're right in that like there's certainly more optimism now and more momentum now than there was a week ago and especially a month ago but you've got a question mark at quarterback. Um, you've got uh, you got a huge co- – people – I don't know if enough people are talking about that. Carson, they're losing – there were six guys that started on the defensive line this year. None of them are returning. All, all six are gone. And so you're going to have a completely new defensive line. You've got a secondary that's uh, going to be deeper and probably better, but it wasn't exactly good in 2018. So – I do think there's a lot of question marks, but I think that like I, I guess what I'm saying is that the temperature of the program has has risen in the eyes of fans, because I, I, I don't know. I think most people aren't like breaking down defensive tackles in February. They're just like, hey, Oklahoma State beat a top 25 Missouri team. That's the last thing I remember. And that's awesome. That's sort of the way I view it from like a, a bigger picture perspective. And I think that's a good thing for Gundy going into to this year.
0: Sure. I think the program needed that win badly, and, and props to them. They beat a good Missouri team and a, a really good quarterback.
1: Yeah, what do um, you think of him?
0: He was good. He was good as advertised. I mean, he, he made some—one <laughs> of those throws he made, uh, I can't remember what stage of the— it was late in the game, fourth yeah. quarter. He made an anticipation throw to the sideline. It was sick. And the receiver got lit up into the crowd, but it yeah. was— it was a, they showed a great angle replay of it, on, and the timing of that throw was— was NFL caliber. So he was really good. Um, let's talk about what's important, Kyle. Let's talk yeah. about Tyron Johnson. I know. I know. Are you kidding me? He so was catches.
1: He was so good.
0: I mean, I feel totally vindicated for all of my Tyron takes over the years. He finally <laughs> got going this year. I mean, that, that touchdown catch was iffy, and, and props to Liberty Bowl for being the Mickey Mouse operation they are. There was not a replay angle good enough. <laughs> Did you hear about all the issues they were having, Kyle? The, the, yeah, the head yeah. of, the head official did not have a replay monitor. He had to literally what? just listen to the replay official, wherever that guy is, and just take his word for it. He couldn't even make a call on his own. And, That's and crazy.
1: Oklahoma State's uh, headsets didn't work, so Missouri said that they would not use theirs either. The whole thing was... Yeah, the headsets uh, don't
0: work? Like, come on. I, what I, kind
1: I, of operation I, is this? Well, I wrote this. It, it honestly... And I, I don't mean this to demean either team or their fans it felt like a like a big time high school game like (laughs) the stadium the the whole like the whole deal i I, am just i'm just saying that's how it felt i I don't like the i was actually stunned at how many people there there were and how into it everybody was but that's kind of what it felt like walking around the stadium um how was the crowd i mean it, it was it was uh it was it was better than i thought it would be people were really into it and uh, people on both sides, Missouri, I think they've had fewer um, opportunities to play in bowl games over the last few years. I don't think they've won a bowl game since like 13 or 14. It might have been the, the last game, bowl game they won was against Oklahoma State in the, in the cotton. Uh, but I was, I was pretty impressed by Oklahoma State showing because uh, it's not been a fun year it's not Memphis on New Year's Eve is not the greatest draw. And, uh, they showed up and they were, they were fired up. They were into it. Gundy was into it. I felt like more than, than at times this year. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was, I walked away pleasantly surprised by the entire night.
0: Well, I didn't, I wasn't sure anyone would go to that game from OSU, but I was thoroughly impressed with the showing. And it's further proof that you know, OSU is—they don't travel like Alabama or Ohio State because the fan bases aren't aren't as big as Ohio State or Alabama. But man, they, yeah. they do travel well for bowl games. I mean, yeah. Yeah. at Alamo Bowl, I remember they traveled really well too. So that's there's no greater challenge than trying to get a fan base to travel to Memphis on New Year's Eve. And props to all the people that went. It was a it was a really good showing, and I thought it came across on TV that there was a lot of orange in the stands.
1: Chad Weiberg roaming the sidelines.
0: Was he wearing orange
1: cowboy boots in honor of Mike Holder? No, I saw him at at the uh, press conference afterwards, and you know, shook his hand, said congratulations. He he's so like, he likable. Yeah, he's very just like warm, and approachable, and he's whenever whenever that transition takes place, he's I think he's going to be awesome as the AD at Oklahoma State.
0: Yeah, OSU's in very good hands with with him. But, um, you know, the headlines were about Mike Yersich potentially going to Ohio State. I guess that's not official yet as of this recording. But I think for all intents and purposes, Mike Yersich said in Ohio State. But the caveat here, Kyle, he's not going to be calling plays. He's going to be the quarterback's coach, apparently. And to me, I guess they're going to pay him, I would assume, over a million dollars is why he would go. It's obviously closer to home. He's from that part of the country. So I, I get it; it's Ohio State. I, I get all those things, but, but, I, and I guess here's the detractors would say, look, you're not going to get any credit with Ryan Day; he's going to get all the credit for calling plays. But isn't that cer- isn't that a certain extent right now with Ohio- Oklahoma State? Most, don't most, most, don't most people nationally give Mike Gundy all the credit? It's Mike Gundy's offense. So I, I think that's a bit of a wash too.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point, and which is always weird to me because I'm like, Gundy doesn't even know like what the plays are I mean he I'm kidding he does but he does he like he he is purposefully not involved with any of that at, at for for the most part um yeah I I don't know it I want to see like what the like what's the salary what's the what's the title what I don't know it feels like there's like more to this than has come out yet uh because it it. Do, I, I don't know I feel I it, you like sound he, baffled. He, well, he he's gonna he's gonna have to have like co offensive coordinator in his title, right? He wouldn't leave sure, to be the sure. quarterbacks
0: coach of Ohio State. Well, but that's what he's gonna be. I mean, um,
1: well, and and here's here's what's interesting. And, and Wikipedia think,
0: is already, hold on, Wikipedia already updated his title. His title is already on Wikipedia, even though it's not official, but it says co offensive coordinator slash passing game coordinator. So yeah, and and I that's probably well, what it will be.
1: I think that's a good way to to put it. And and I think that I was thinking about this. This actually plays to his strengths, right? Like, I I don't think anybody, whether you like him or dislike him uh, in Oklahoma State world, would say, you know what Mike Yurcich is awesome at? In-game adjustments. Because I think that's what everybody would point to and be like, yeah, yeah, you know, there were times when it wasn't great. Uh, I mean, even Mike Gundy (laughs) basically said, I think it was the West Virginia game, that they went to a room and and Gundy, started, I don't I don't know if he explicitly took credit, but he basically said like I I changed some stuff, <laughs> you know. But I think where Yursich is great is the creativity, the 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 planning up to the game. That uh, the, the uh, I mean, he's developed these these quarterbacks that have become pretty good. I, I think that shouldn't be overlooked. Um, so I think that they're getting. They're almost getting the best of, of both worlds where you, you get all of Yursich's creativity and, and his um, he, he's been good at recruiting for the most part. Um, and you don't maybe necessarily have to live with like the in-game decision-making.
0: When he showed up, OSU didn't have an offensive line and they couldn't run the football and we were all ready to run him out of town. But since then, and he was typically running the Mike Gundy offense, but over the last... I don't know, two, three, four years. He's really kind of instilled some of his principles, and just the proofs in the pudding. You and I have talked about this on this podcast for a long time. He gets results. He recruits very well at the quarterback position. The more you want out of a guy. For all the Mike Yersich detractors, and it, it is funny. Mike Gundy talked about this. He said, he said, "I think that's kind of interesting." You know, the fans, you know, can't stand him or criticize him yet. Ohio State, Tennessee—they all—they all want this guy. That's that's kind of an odd dichotomy there, but it kind of proves that he's done a very good job. And um, I think you will have a hard time replacing him. I mean, I, who knows what Mike Gunny's going to hire? I mean, we had never heard of Todd Munkin when he hired him, and we had never heard of Mike Yersich when he hired him. So I would fully expect him to hire someone totally off the radar. But no, I, I think Yersich's done a great job. They're going to miss his recruiting at the quarterback position. I'm interested to see how that shakes out without Yersich.
1: Doesn't it feel like it could be Josh Henson?
0: I think it will be, probably, if I had to pick, if I had to wager. I mean, he was at Missouri, and he had some good offenses at Missouri, and it it really backfired at the very end of his tenure. I mean, they were they might have had the worst offense in the country his final year at Missouri. They were so bad. Now, I don't know all the circumstances with injuries, with quarterbacks, with offensive line. But um, he's a good recruiter. Has offensive coordinating experience. He's an OSU guy, so I I wouldn't have too much of an issue with that.
1: Yeah, I think I think Gundy is just so adamant about continuity, and uh, it, it's it. I mean, that would be the most that would be the move that would engender the most continuity. I mean, you you could. Kyle Ben wrote a really good post about potential candidates. Graham Harrell, uh, Todd Melton was on the list because he's kind of in limbo right now. I don't, I don't know if he would have been on the list otherwise. Uh, but the Bucks coaches just got fired, and then uh, Marcus Arroyo was on the list, uh, and there was a couple others. Uh, it, it, I mean, any of the all of those names are fascinating names to me, and uh, I. But I don't think this is going to be a, um, you know, kind of like. It, it felt like last year when they were looking for a defensive coordinator, there was a lot of speculation. There was a lot of uh, rumors. There was a lot of stuff going on. It doesn't really feel like it's going to be like that this time. I feel like the hire is going to be quicker. It's going to be cleaner, and there's going to be continuity there. And that's what makes – that's what leads me to believe it's going to be Henson.
0: Yeah, and I just looked up – Mike, yours is just from Euclid, Ohio, which is like two hours from Columbus. So yeah. that's – that has to be a huge factor. I mean, you, growing up there, Ohio State – it's like Oklahoma football, you know that's that's just something you grow up with. So that that makes a lot of sense. I I think Todd Munkin is a less than zero percent chance. He is his stock. He doesn't have a job right now, but his stock is through the roof. He's a head coaching candidate in the NFL. So I think, and I think he left Southern Miss after a nine-win season because I think he was tired of the college game. So I I would put a big X through his name. Uh, bring Arroyo home. I mean the Oregon fans are ready to run him out of town. I guess. Which again, this kind of goes back to. The offensive coordinator is always the least popular guy on campus. doesn't matter how good of a job he does. I mean, OU fans wanted to get rid of Kevin Wilson, and he had he scored 60 points in six straight games. So that's just kind of how it comes with the territory. But no, I would put Henson at one for most likely, and then uh, who knows? The rest of it's kind of a crap shoot. Yeah,
1: the Arroyo thing I feel like is getting – we like to kind of – I don't know. Like people just get – uh, they get on one train of thought and they can't get off of it. And it's like, yeah, Arroyo recruited well, but does that mean he's going to be a great offensive coordinator? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'd rather have him as a running backs coach that goes out and gets more Chuba Hubbards.
0: Which is why he left, because he was a running backs coach and he got to be an OC at Oregon.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I know. I, I get it. I, I, just, I think it's easy to – it's like – it's like everybody's talking about how they should, how Oklahoma State should play Spencer Sanders this year. The guy, the guy that you haven't seen, is always preferable to the one whose flaws you've seen. And I think that's probably true of of Arroyo uh, as well. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that would be the move that I would make.
0: You're anti Arroyo coming home? Think of all the dudes you get. Who cares about what plays he calls? <laughs> <laughs> Well, according
1: to my to my website, a lot of people would care about that. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'm against it. I just I don't know that it would be the the home run smash hit that everybody says. I'm kind of into the Graham Harrell thing.
0: Oh, I I would love that too. He's but our age. That's by the that's way. I know he's younger than me. <laughs> he's yeah, he's he's my age. He's 33. But wouldn't that be kind of like the Lincoln-Riley hire that Gundy had sitting there on the table for years and wouldn't do it because he knows that, that he'd true? be here about a year or two? Is that true? No, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but Lincoln-Riley's name was thrown out a lot. Yeah, whenever right, o, whenever yeah. OSU needed an offensive coordinator, he had leech ties. It would have made a lot of sense for Gundy to hire him. but I, And my personal belief, I, I don't have any information on this, is Gundy wanted to hire someone he knew wouldn't leave. That's yeah. why, like, he, he knows Lincoln-Riley was an up-and-comer. And he knows he would have been here, what, a year or two? Yeah. And he was tired of that. So I think that's why I think Henson would make a lot of sense because he's already in the fold. He's an OSU guy. I do wonder about offensive line coaching and calling plays. I I do wonder about that. You haven't seen too many O-line coaches do both, call plays and run the offensive line. At least I can't think of very many. But that would be certainly a wrinkle that Gundy would have to think about.
1: Yeah, that's – yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know. It, I, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about getting like loving continuity about everything else uh, above everything else? Because part of me is like, it just feels kind of uh, like part of me understands it. And then another part of me is like, well, if you could choose to be great for two years or just be like, kind of got what you, you know, keep what you've got going for five I, I don't know. How
0: do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't really. I think he should go hire the best coaches, which I think yeah. he did early in his tenure. He hired Larry Fedora, who was the OC at, at Florida when they had Chris Leak and you know um, went to Illinois for like a second and then Gundy hired him. He hires Dana Holgerson, who was the, one of the top offensive coordinators in the country. Boom, big time results. Uh, you know, I, I, I say go hire the best guy. And and don't worry about him leaving. That's part of the that's part of the business. Guys leave all the time. Um, so I that's why I was highly critical of the, the Mike Yursich hire. It, it worked out. Yursich panned out after, you know, a rough start. But I just go hire the best guy. I mean, Larry Fedora's sitting right there. Wouldn't you want to hire him as offensive coordinator or just with all the baggage he has at North Carolina, would you not want that? I don't know. Could have been Cliff. Yeah, and that's another – I view Cliff much in the same way I view Graham Harrell. I just yeah. think he's too hot of a name. Um, I think Harrell would be a great hire. I mean, he's he's truly – he's the next he, – he appears to be a very Lincoln Riley-esque guy. He's super young, climbing the ranks at a super high rate. Did, did amazing with Mason Fine at North Texas. Uh, so I would love the Graham Har- He's already been at Oklahoma State as yeah. a quality control guy. Continuity. Familiar, familiar with Gundy. Uh, Gundy might be threatened by his age, <laughs> younger, better quarterback in college.
1: Real quick. Harold, before... would,
0: Harold, Harold would give him, Harold was the guy he, who Gundy beat during the I'm a man. I'm 40 rant. That would, that'd bring back some bad memories. Maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hire Bobby Reed and Graham Harrell as co-offensive coordinators. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should hire Rashawn Woods, man. I I, I work out with Rashawn Woods. He, he's on he's on the market. He's, get he's Rashawn done on won- the pod. Get him on the he's pod. Done, he's done wonders with uh, John Marshall. We need to get him yeah. on the podcast.
1: Uh, okay, real quick before we get to the um, to our toast of the week, uh, Mike Getty said something interesting, and I thought of you because we always talk about this when he said it. He said that the way they played against Missouri on Monday was how they used to play back in 2007. He didn't talk about Oreo Lemon, but uh, he talked about how that's how they used to play in 2007, 8, 9, when they were building the program. They were more physical. And I thought that was really interesting because it's like – part of me is like, well, isn't that kind of on you for not for – getting your team to play like that throughout the year because they clearly didn't I mean if you watch TCU if you watch Kansas State you watch all these games and that's not how they played but they were I mean they got two guys ejected which I guess if you look at it in a vacuum that's not great but it was it was emblematic of the way that they were playing which is not how they've played all year which is with um a ferociousness with excitement and I I just I, I'm curious to see if they can keep that up going into 2019.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense because in 07, they were still trying to fight for a seat at the table. Yeah. And I feel like after 08, 09, they were, they were right there on the cusp and they were sitting at the table. Yeah. And I think that's why they performed a lot of the – I think they're kind of a victim of their own success. You know, they, they think they, they think and act like they're OU, like when they play against teams like TCU and K-State. They, they kind of played like those teams were beneath them. But when Texas comes to town, when West Virginia comes to town – they're like, oh, this this is this is a big game. These are who we're supposed to be competing against, and they they played like they had something to prove against those teams. Whereas it looked like they were just ready to roll their helmet out and say we usually walk over teams like this. So I yeah. think this year, a lot of in a lot of ways, they were just kind of a victim of the the success they've had over you know three or four years under Mike Gundy.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, okay, let's get to our toast. It's time for the works Toast of the Week. works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. If you're next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Ale Works and please remember to drink responsibly. Carson, who is your first toast of 2019 going to?
0: Well, it's not a toast, but I sent a sleeve, those big crate sleeves you can get from Coop where you get like, was it like 24 beers in it? Those cardboard sleeves. I'm sending one of those to Tyron, the Saturday siren. It's, it's on his way to his house. But I'll, I'll crack open a a briefcase brown to Chuba Hubbard. That's who I'm going to toast. Because I thought he was sensational against Missouri. He was sensational at the end of the year without Justice Hill. And just the way he runs is so... It's it's hard to put into words. Like When he takes those those handoffs out of the shotgun, it kind of goes around the edge. It doesn't look like he's running that fast, and then boom, Mm. he's 20 yards downfield. And you're just like, wait a second. Didn't look like there was much there, and he's already 20 yards down the field. Uh, It it was, and I thought that was a great example of that towards the end of the game. It might have been their last touchdown drive. He gets like 20 yards down to like the two-yard line, and the guy who tackled him was like this defensive tackle from Missouri, and he starts like pumping his fist. And I was watching the game with friend of the pod Matt Amillion, and he and I were like, was he just, was that Missouri guy just celebrating? And I think we both realized he was just frustrated that Chuba was already twenty yards down the field before a defensive <laughs> tackle had to tackle him. Like he, I think he was just really upset. Like just, it didn't make sense to him, and it didn't make sense to us, just how quick that guy is. And again, he's he's proven to me that he can run through the tackles and be the the workhorse back. So I'll toast Chuba. Yeah, he's he's
1: good. He's really good. I, I, we're gonna talk more about him here in a second as it relates to Justice Hill, but that, that's a good one. I'm going to toast corn. Uh, I'll toast a, an F5, probably my favorite. Uh, well, no, it's not my favorite, but it's up there among my favorites. I like Oktoberfest and, and the uh, the siren as well. But uh, to corn for uh, touching off what was – I don't know. It, it was funny because um, Tyron said in the post game, you know, we, we went as far as our quarterback took us, and it was like, well, I don't know if I would have said it like that. I think he meant – like in the Missouri game and, and that they put, you know, corn kind of took on this top 10 NFL draft pick and kind of went toe to toe with him. But it honestly, Carson, the coolest thing for me was to see him on the field after the game. He, he was, you could tell he was really excited about having won the bowl game, having finished his career on a good note. And uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. He made some, the, the throw he made to Tyron, the second touchdown, 55 yards in the air off one foot. That was That was big time. I mean, that was was a big boy throw. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty great. And uh, so, yeah, he's taken a lot of flack this year. He's been the um, recipient of a lot of, hey, maybe, maybe Oklahoma State should be playing Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown because of 20, because of next year, Um, you know, talk and fodder and podcasts and blog posts, but um, it was, it was good to see him put up uh whatever he yeah, had 344 touchdowns and uh just the third Oklahoma State player ever to have 40 touchdowns in a year which is crazy Mason Rudolph uh Barry Sanders and Taylor Cornelius
0: Good for him he played well he really did he, uh, barring those two interceptions but he he played great and went out on a high can't Yeah
1: Yeah no it was it was great Uh okay Let's um Let's take a break. Actually, let's get to uh, let's get to this week's OSU schedule. Uh, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at com. Kind of a busy first week of the year, Carson. We talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, wrestling is is finishing up uh, a tournament, the Southern Scuffle, uh, today on Wednesday, and then you've got uh, women's hoops at Texas today, Wednesday. Men's hoops. Uh, Iowa State at home on Wednesday night, and then uh, the men the uh, basketball team men's basketball team goes to OU on Saturday, and the women's basketball team plays at home against TCU on Sunday. So we go straight from bowl season right into uh, Big Twelve basketball season, which is which is exciting. I'm 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 pumped about that. Uh, it, it's it's always kind of a jarring shift, and it might be even more jarring this year. But I'm excited about Big Twelve basketball starting.
0: Me too. I just saw OU's at Kansas right now. That that seems crazy to me. that we uh, we're we're going full swing into a uh, basketball season. I mean, how do we think this season's going to play out for OSU? It hasn't been pretty thus far.
1: No, no, it's and I I mean I think they're going to go at four and fourteen in the Big Twelve, something like that. I think it's going to be pretty bad.
0: Yeah, not great. So you want to talk about spring football? (laughs) Uh, So they got, again, like I said last week, I mean, Iowa State on Wednesday is uber critical. I mean, that's one of your only home games that you think you'll have a really great chance to win. And You you go at, you got Bedlam on Saturday. I mean, we're starting out fast and furious, so. Yeah. I'm interested to see how they do in Big 12 play. I mean, obviously, they've they've struggled for the most part. But, again, I think Mike Boynton's a good coach, and I, I think they'll get better as the season goes along. I mean, who would have thought at this point last year they were going to win the games they ended up winning? Nobody. I mean, so well, I'll, while it hasn't been pretty thus far, I'm not willing to write them off just yet. So I, I want to see how they do against Iowa State. Yeah, for sure. And I want to see
1: some of the young guys develop. I want to see Curtis Jones develop. I want to see Michael Weathers develop. I want to see Ice develop. Uh, and see what they're going to be next year when they could actually be pretty pretty decent or should be pretty decent. You know, I was talking to uh, Mark Cooper of the Tulsa World about this after the game and after the football game, and we were talking about how – you remember when uh, Tech hired Chris Beard? I think it was – was it the same year that Oklahoma
0: State hired Underwood? Mm, I think it might have been the year they hired Boynton. Was it? So, so
1: this is Beard's second year at Tech?
0: I think so. Okay. Well, whatever it is, the thing, a, the thing. I have the Google machine right here.
1: They're, they're a top 15 team right now. And so the, the, the life cycle of, um, you know, patience and, you know, wait till next year and, and all these different things is pretty short. I mean, because you've got, you've got coaches that are able to turn program teams and programs around really quickly. And uh so I think that's why I mean we we we've, we've been talking about it but next year is is very critical and very important to Oklahoma State basketball.
0: This is This is his third season at Tech. My bad. Okay. So that's But he yeah. went to, he went to the Elite 8 his second season. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oof, he's good. Yeah, He's really good. I know. That's another thing to um, consider when you when you talk about Boynton's record. I mean, look at the league he's in. <laughs> my gosh. All the coaches they have. I mean, yeah, it, it's crazy. it's rough. Uh,
1: okay, Carson, I've got a, um, I've got a question of the week for you. Uh, this is something that got brought up a lot after the Missouri game uh, on Twitter, on in the comments section. Uh, is Chuba Hubbard better than Justice Hill?
0: No, I don't think so. Okay, not yet. I mean, a lot, a lot of people would disagree. I, with let, you. Let's let's pull up the tape of Bedlam last year, shall we?
1: Oh, I, hey, hey, I'm I'm on I'm on your side
0: of this, but I mean, when he was the it, best player on the field, that included the number one draft pick in the NFL. It's fascinating that it's become a debate, right? Oh, it's recency bias
1: at its finest. Okay, well, I I agree, but I also have a staff for you. Uh, Justice Hill's freshman year, he had. Well, I don't have it in front of me. I th- he had a two, uh, like right at 200 touches, so that's uh, carries and receptions, and he averaged 5.6 yards a touch. At Chuba Hubbard's freshman year, albeit his redshirt freshman year, he had 146 touches, and he averaged 6.6 6 yards a touch. So a full yard more uh, per touch, and he, and he had – what is that? Uh, three quarters as many as many touches. So it wasn't a it wasn't a small sample size at all. And he put up, uh, I think, one eighty. No, one forty five against uh, Missouri. There were there were only like five teams that broke a hundred in rushing yards against Missouri this year, and Chuba did it by himself. There were only two guys all year that put up over one forty against Missouri, and Chuba's one of them. He's he's. He's the real deal, and I'm pretty interested to see how it goes for him over the next two or three years.
0: Well, I ranked Justice Hill as the fourth best running back in school history that I've seen. Obviously, I didn't watch Ernest Anderson or Terry Miller, but I've got him right there with Kendall Hunter, Kendall Hunter third. So if you're saying Chuba Hubbard's better than that, that's a pretty big statement.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, well, there's a difference between better and more accomplished, though. Like, obviously, Justice Hill is more accomplished, but there are other people that are. I think you're saying, like, just what are you saying? Who, who do you want? Who who's just a better running back? Yeah, who's the better running back? Yeah, I mean, I I think right now it's Justice Hill, but I think I think Chuba is in play. Like, I think we might be talking about this this time next year, and it might be
0: it might be a little shaky. Do you think he's going to become the best part in the NFL like Tyree kill?
1: <laughs> yeah. So does, it, why don't you have Tyree kill third or second?
0: Cause he, I guess he did play running back at OSU. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: if they had played him at receiver, I'd have him up there pretty high. But he was a glorified <laughs> return, man.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like that, that question became my answer is
0: no, but, uh, we'll see. I mean, let, let's, he's a redshirt freshman. We'll, we'll see how it pans out.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm with you. I'm still riding the justice train, but I do like for the first time during the Liberty Bowl, I, it, I kind of started to think, wow, this might be a, a real thing. He was, he averaged eight at eight yards of carry against Missouri. Pretty good. It's unbelievable. Yep so
0: and again for a track guy to run that hard it's pretty impressive yeah it's crazy
1: okay let's hear one more time from our sponsor chris's university spirit and then we'll come back and wrap things up chris's university spirit on campus corner in stillwater oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast pistols firing they specialize in custom printed oklahoma state apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service they also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at ChrisUniversitySpirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, let's end with uh, one interesting thing. What's your one interesting thing uh, for this last week that you saw?
0: Um, I got two. One, Dana Holgerson now officially going to Houston.
1: That's insane. I think I,
0: see, I don't think it is. I think on the surface it is going from a power five to a group of five. But he was approaching the 10-year mark at West Virginia. As Gundy and other coaches have said, that's just about when you get run out of town. And he obviously was having issues with the contract negotiations with the management there. It looked like he wanted out at any point. He looked like he wanted the Texas Tech job. And then he's li- he lives in Houston. He's really good friends with uh, Tillman Fertitta, the, the mega booster there. Uh, it, it looks like the playoffs trend towards eight teams. You would think he had a be- he has a better chance to win ten games and go to a playoff in that scenario than he does at, at West Virginia. But I think more than anything, it was just fatigue. You know, at ten year mark, you get fan fatigue and coach fatigue, and it doesn't to me it doesn't seem as crazy as maybe it appears on the surface.
1: Yeah, those are good points. Uh because to me it seems it it just it seems crazy. I mean, I can't remember I'm sure it's happened, but I can't remember a guy who didn't get fired going from a a power 5 a, a pretty decent power 5 school. It's not like the, it's not like is.
0: Where did he Tuberville went, from? went from Texas Tech to Cincinnati, but he yeah, was about to was, get run out of tech. That
1: was that was weird though. That that situation was weird. But West virginias well, they're, they're all weird. If you do that, I mean, he was about to get run out of town. No, I'll give you that. West Virginia is a better job than like a Vanderbilt. It's not like a low power
0: five job. It's a, it's a,
1: it's a, decent it's a good,
0: jo- it's a good job. It's better yeah. than Texas tech, in my opinion.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. So to go from there to Houston, it's just, it, it's pretty interesting. And, uh, I don't know what he's getting paid or whatever, but yeah, that, that was fascinating. What's your other interesting thing?
0: that Todd Munkin is like a cult hero amongst smart NFL people that I follow on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Evan Silva is one of the preeminent fantasy football guys. Really good follow. If you don't follow him and you, you play fantasy football, he's the best in the business. He calls him (laughs) Todd M F and Munkin (laughs) because he, he just doesn't give a, you know what? And runs air raid. Uh, he, he actually shouts out Mike Gundy a lot for Munkin working with Gundy and learning the air raid and, he did an unbelievable job with the Bucks. I mean, they had a crazy good offense despite playing Fitzpatrick and Jameis on a revolving door. And uh, he's a candidate for the Jets' job. So I think anyone holding out hope for Todd Munkin coming back to be the offense coordinator at OSU, I just I, I think he's trending too well in the NFL, despite probably Tampa getting getting cleared out of Tampa. So that, I think that was interesting how he's he's evolved, and now it really helps him too that the NFL's evolved in the college offenses as well. So he's kind of a hot name, and I just I hope he. How great would it be, Kyle Todd Munkin and the New York media coming together as one? Mm. He would be a megastar. Yeah, as the as the Jets coach. If like they went out, just...
1: if they went out and won like eleven games with, with Barkley, or with, with uh not with Barkley. Darnold, Darnold. I keep
0: calling him Barkley. I don't know why. Because you're old and you're thinking of the other USC quarterback named Barkley? I'm thinking of the other New York player named Barkley. But imagine the press conferences with those crazy media types that ask you crazy questions and get after you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Todd would be just barking at them. It'd be great. It'd be sweet. I would become a Jets fan. I don't (laughs) have an NFL team. I'd be a Jets fan.
1: Okay, uh, my one interesting thing is I forgot. I haven't been to a bowl game since... I don't know, Carson. The 04 Alamo Bowl. Long time. Yeah, because that was a, that was a less than enjoyable experience. I was there too as a student. Yeah, the Ted Ginn game. Uh, yep. Because I didn't really go after that, like when I like right after college, and then I started the site and wasn't able to to get a credential until last year, and so this is our first one to cover. So I didn't I hadn't really been to a bowl game in forever. Um, and I forgot how, I forgot how big of a deal it is to win a bowl game. It could be the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. It Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your record is. It's the culmination of twelve months of hard work. Everybody's on the field afterwards. Wives, girlfriends, Palm Squad, uh, administration. Everybody's taking pictures and and you know just excited about the entire experience. And that was that was cool to see. I, I, th- I thought that was refreshing and, and energizing to see after what's been just kind of a weird, uh, just kind of down year, especially, especially recently after the TCU game. So that was my one interesting thing. I thought it was awesome. I thought Gundy was awesome on Monday and uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm as excited about 2019
0: as he seems to be. What was your favorite thing that you saw at the bowl game? Maybe it's celebration wise. Oh, some some random guy like came
1: up and took a selfie with Gundy like, like ninety seconds after the game was over, and, <laughs> and Gundy like was just all about it. Uh, Gundy Gundy was hilarious, like just watching him.
0: Yeah did um, did Mike Gundy ever explain what happened when they were taking a knee? They took a knee and then they showed like a double box where you could see the. The players, and then Gundy's on the sideline losing his mind. He looked really upset about something. Did he ever explain what was going on with that? No, I I don't think any of us on the field
1: saw it, so nobody asked him about it in in the post game. Uh, I I have no idea. He I love it when he randomly loses his mind, though. He did it. Uh, there was a uh, there was a penalty waved off because it was an uncatchable ball it was a pass interference, and he just I he was just like. <laughs> just running onto the field screaming. I mean, he was pissed and it was just like, he just gets so upset at like these random things and then stuff that should excite him or upset him. He just like stands there and shrugs. And (laughs) uh, it's, I don't know. He's hilarious to watch. He did. Whenever they took the team picture on the field after the game with like 800 people, it looked like he laid down in the front and like propped his Propped his head up on on his elbow, like on one hand, with his elbow on the ground, <laughs> and just like laid in the front as every, with everybody behind him. I thought it was great. I thought
0: it was hilarious. Well, and they interviewed him on TV. You could see behind him, Gavin Gundy and Gunnar Gundy. I was like, future quarterback slash offensive coordinator. Yeah, Gunnar Gundy. They in were, the background. They were in
1: the press conference as well. Uh, real quick before we go, I wanted to ask you about your trip to. Uh, to the Orange Bowl, to OU Alabama. You said Alabama would uh, would probably handle Oklahoma State in football. Uh, would you like? <laughs> would you care to elaborate on that?
0: It it was jarring to see Alabama at field level. Um, it was like Sam Mays was sitting behind me, and he said he was watching Quinn and Williams just destroy OU's <laughs> offensive line. He's like, he's like OU essentially has been playing against. High school defensive lines. Now they're playing against an NFL defensive line. That's the level of talent jump they're facing right now, and it, that's what it looked like. Um, it was crazy. I had a horrible time getting there, but no one wants to hear travel issues. I had horrible travel issues. Did a, did a lot of TV, but it was a cool setting to be in the Orange Bowl with two blue bloods and Alabama and Oklahoma. was It's my first Orange Bowl covering, so now I've covered all the all the major New Year's Six bowls. So that it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's awesome. You think Alabama is going to beat Clemson? I do. I just think they're better offensively, and Trevor Lawrence is great. Um, Man, true freshman. That's what you, give. That's what you get when you start true freshmen. freshmen. True freshman. Well, he was the number one overall player in the I country. know. I know. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, that it's going to be a great game. I mean, it's certainly going to be a coin flip. So, But I would, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd take Alabama. I mean, Tua was – as bad as OU's defense is, I thought Tua just made just – perfect throws that yeah. you can't even defend he's I mean I thought at times oh you had good coverage he just dropped it into a bucket he's it's
1: good crazy uh, real, uh last thing Josh Jacobs running back for Alabama came out of uh, Tulsa McLean I think yep I, I think that's where Prentice Elliott went yeah North
0: Tulsa rough rough part of town he's a stud I'll never forget watching him go out of his way to run over the safety Robert Barnes from yeah. OU. Like he I, yeah. I, we were our press box seats were in that end zone. So he was running right toward me and I, you could see he could have taken the angle to the pylon and scored. He was like, Nope, I'm gonna run over this dude and he yeah. concussed the guy. So it was that was that was when you thought, Oh, you might lose by a hundred at that <laughs> very moment, when they were down twenty eight nothing. I did.
1: I was I was waiting around all day for the game. I was I was excited about it. I thought it'd be fun. Big Twelve, you know Alabama, whatever Kyler, and then and then it's twenty eight nothing. I'm like, oh, uh, I was at my in laws. I was like, should we go? You guys want to play a game Scrabble? Should we go do something? <laughs> it was just, it was, I don't know. The semifinals have been just terrible. I mean, they've Awful just been games. bad. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and spare me the, you know credit to you for getting there but like spare me the we fought back and like every time they got it to 11 Alabama was like all right fine we'll score yeah, yeah. they went and scored they were just running they're running their running backs there so yeah
1: so okay right, carson good stuff uh we'll talk again next week
0: and uh yeah ooh ooh uh before we go it looks like rory McElroy testing out a new spider putter so I think- maybe he'll learn how to putt in 2019 <laughs>
1: It's two. We're two days into the year. You're already starting on this.
0: Hey, I, I've got a spider putter. It's helped out my putting. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can help Rory. All right,
1: Carson. Happy New Year, and we'll talk soon.
0: Happy New Year.